them. In Lux. Two imperfect six-figure business coaches, co-founders, and friends who decided to combine our superpowers to bring to market something we wish we had when we entered the world of coaching. A real, non-BS, intimate, and fun community built with integrity, intention, and a few glasses of wine. In this podcast, we get real. Real about life. Business. Relationships and what it really takes to find your version of success in the world of coaching. Are you ready, Lex? I'm set, Em. Let's coach. Hello, Emily. Hello. Hello, it's a beautiful fall day. It's a beautiful fall day. You look very fall, actually. I do. So yesterday, I think you were wearing something comparable, and I got really inspired, and I was looking forward to bringing out my Santa Fe jacket. Jacket. Well, look at me being a, an influencer. Speaking of yesterday, yesterday was International Women's Day. And Emily and I were chatting about this prior to hitting record. And we're like, we should chat about this while hitting record. So Emily, I'm going to let you kick off our little chatter here. Chatter, chatter. Um, okay, so I don't know if there's something wrong with me, but International Women's Day feels so performative to me in that I heard from like a thousand brands that I haven't heard from all year round. And they're like, yay, yay to you being a woman and congrats. And yet, and maybe it's a mom I'm because I'm, it's because I'm a mom. Those are words, Emily. Um, maybe it's because I'm a mom or maybe it's because I feel every single woman's right has been questioned or rolled back in the last year. Um, and I also feel this way too, in terms of like a mother's day or father's day, it's one day of the, the year to like give acknowledgement to an underserved population. So long story long, I think that I think it's kind of bullshit. It's kind of bullshit. So I hear you on some, here's the first point that I, let me say this. Yesterday I felt conflicted because while there still has been advancements in women's rights, if you compare today to a hundred years ago, a lot has been regressed or rolled back in the past year. And so I felt very unsure of how to feel. And so I actually opened a dialogue on Twitter and Instagram saying, I want to know how people feel. Are you celebrating? Are you angry? I got a lot of mixed responses. And the across the board consensus was most people felt conflicted um, because of exactly what I just said. Like there's, there's positives here and I'm hopeful, but I'm also scared and terrified. Um, So that's the one thing I wanted to relate to regarding the celebratory aspect. I don't know. I I think um, I agree it's performative. Any holiday that's highlighting some sort of social issue or underrepresented people, I do feel on social media, there tends to be a performative, the black square happening in um, 2020 was a great example. I am pro celebration though. Um, I'm like, I don't know where I land on the, should we have a day or not? I don't know. I think where I struggle, I struggle doing events for women pretty much daily or weekly. Like I'm hosting a a ton of events at Six Degrees Society. And every year I always feel like I take pause in March, like, oh, should I make a big deal out of this day? Should I make a big deal about and do something special? Like whatever happens on this day is more special than all of the other programming. And I've decided to continue rolling forward and just creating it like a programming that feels good to me and good to my audience versus making it a more 
particular celebration. Um, I don't know if that's the right choice. Maybe it's also a trigger or a fear for me of standing out in the noise and the chatter. There's so much chatter. There's so, I got so many emails um, trying to compete. Like, I feel like I'm competing for space and time that I don't touch it with a 10 foot pole or maybe, so maybe there's a, a trigger within that too. I think what you're highlighting is it's, it's a complicated issue. There's multiple sides to it. And I think that in today's current landscape where cancel culture too is, is so prevalent, there's a lot of fear baked into and a lot of shoulds and a lot of people trying to understand how to navigate the digital world in a way that feels authentic, but is also saying the right thing without getting, you know, called out. And so it becomes really complicated and to your point triggering, which is why we started talking about this in the, the first place and really serves as the inspiration for today's episode. Today, we're going to really talk about how to navigate being triggered in this digital world that we're living in, especially as a coach, a lot of your, your world is, is lived online. So we're going to dive into, to triggers and ways to move about them. And Emily and I are going to get really, really honest and talk about some of our own. Yeah. Uh, And Lex, I actually want to kick off a question for you. Have you ever been triggered by someone on Instagram? Oh my gosh, guys. Yes. Yes. First and foremost, I am not some mystical evolved Yoda of a human being who is adverse or does not get triggered. I have done a lot of work in this category. Um, some days I'm better than others. I can go a solid month and a half now without getting triggered. And then there's a random Tuesday where <laughs> girl goes down a deep, dark rabbit hole and I'm texting Emily going, ah, right. So I share that because I'm, I'm, I'm human. And I think that no matter how much work we do in ourselves, uh, we have to give ourselves grace and forgiveness that even if we've worked through some of the, the items behind triggers that it's still going to happen. So anyways, that was a very long answer to yes, yes. I do get triggered, Emily. <laughs> so today I was with a girlfriend and she was telling me we were talking about motherhood and she's a new mom. And she was saying that like, I, I, she had wished that there had been a caption or there had been a bigger warning, like how hard it was going to be because she had seen everything on Instagram and she'd seen her peers. And maybe there is an aspect of people before her not being as truthful as she thought that they should have been or not telling her the full story of motherhood. But she was talking about Instagram and how she gets triggered by seeing other moms who are in the same space as her, the same timeline as her, and their their version of of motherhood looks so beautiful and hunky dory, while hers might not have be the same thing. So I think triggers can be something that that happen both in your personal life and also in your professional life, and I. Right. Or, or they can happen simultaneously where you see that business owner who's also like first class on a plane with her, her newborn baby going to Costa Rica for a month and you might get triggered because you're at home with vomit all over you. Absolutely. I, I also think most professional, we'll say like professional based triggers have some sort of personal trigger attached. So first let's, let's talk, let's pause for a second. When we say you get triggered, we're meaning you see something and you spiral, whether it be you start feeling jealous or you start feeling insecure or like an imposter or like you're doing something wrong. Regardless, it starts this 
this spiral effect in your brain where emotion comes up. It could be anger. It could be fear. It could be frustration. Usually it isn't happiness. You aren't usually triggered into happiness, (laughs) at least in the context of this, this article. And I'll share, I'll speak to, um, a specific example myself. And this is one Emily knows very well. There is a, uh, competitor of mine. I mean, on paper, you would say she is a competitor of mine. That for a period of time, largely in 2020, we're in 2023, so 2022 and 2021, like that time frame, anytime I saw her popping up in my my world, whether it be in a Slack channel, on social media, because it wasn't just social media. Mm-hmm. She was around. I would spiral and I would text Emily and I'd be like, girl, pull me out. I need help here. Um, and what really I had to do is I had to pause and dig deep into the why. Why does this bother me so mm-hmm. much? And did we find an answer? We did. We found answers. So I think, so here's our first tip for you guys. When you're noticing yourself starting to spiral, the first thing that you want to do is pause and acknowledge it. Be like, oh, wow, I am, name it, right? I'm being triggered. I'm about to spiral. And if you haven't done the work already, if this is new to you or a new trigger, Pause and ask yourself that question. Why is this triggering to me? My answer to why this gal was triggering me was very complex. It it crossed over issues of race, to be honest. It crossed on issues of she believes and preaches something very different than me. So there was some hurt on my ego. There was some, some oh, if people are buying into her way of doing things, then there's no room for my way of doing things. There was scarcity. There was all these different layers that were triggering me, as you know. Yeah, I'm very familiar with the triggers. So I appreciate <laughs> you sharing that too. And it, and to add on, I think a lot of times, so this person that, that Lexi just referenced is someone she's never met before. Mm-hmm. It's not someone that she's had any connection to, but simultaneously, you can also be triggered by people who are in your backyard, so to speak. Your yep. closest friends can be triggers to you. Your peers in your in your business can be triggers to you. Your colleagues can be triggers to you. And I loved what you said, Lex, about naming the trigger or acknowledging the trigger, because a lot of times, usually the trigger has nothing to do with that person. It has everything to do with you. And it might be something that you want or something that you feel like you lack or something that you feel like you're behind schedule at, whatever it may be. And similarly, worked through my own triggers with certain friends that I I love and I support and I totally cheerlead. But when I see their content, there's this feeling, this tightness in my stomach, stomach and kind of like a sharpness in my chest. And it took me a very long time to go from like, being kind of snarky about it to understanding, like embracing it and loving them for, for what, what they were doing and acknowledging that I am not them and they are not me. And we can have completely different ways of doing something and communicating. And I think a key here that you hear in both Emily and my high level triggers, of course, we're doing the respect to protect names here, but usually the trigger to M's point has nothing to do with them. And it's rather highlighting 
either a past trauma or an insecurity or a fear in yourself. Basically, it's like holding a big old mirror in front of ourselves. So motherhood, if you're seeing someone doing motherhood so easily, what's the mirror telling you? Well, well, what am I doing wrong? Because this shit is hard, right? And I also want to, I want to acknowledge, and I love the fact that we can always have real talk with one another, Lex, too. And I hope it's helpful for audience. Lex and I are very different, but we're also very complimentary and we're, we're also very connected, but we both had children around the same time and had very different experiences with children. And I don't want to put words in your mouth, but like my kid was an easy sleeper and yours wasn't an easy sleeper. And, um, Lex is a super mom and like has kept photo albums and photo books. And I'm like, oh my God, shit, I should have been better. And so even things that don't mean to be triggers and mean are meant to be helpful or inspirational can sometimes be received as a trigger for you, which prompt like, oh my God, I ordered a photo album after I knew, you know, Lex was keeping one and it can, it can move action too. So trigger can also be something that you then take action or implement into your own life or business. Yeah. It comes back to this word should, too. I think the motherhood Mm -hmm. example is a great one. So I've been, um, I have many things I am not great at in the world of motherhood, but a goal of mine or something I, that is important to me or something I appreciated that my mother did for me was, was crafting. She was very DIY. She made me costumes. And so this is a tradition I wanted to carry over and Ashlyn's birthday is coming up. So I've been doing a lot of crafting. I've been sharing it on social media and I've been having a lot of mom friends reach out going, Oh my God, you're such a good mom. I should be doing this. And I think that's a trap. I think the should word is a trap because who gets to write the ultimate shoulds of motherhood and life and business? Like who gets to hold that baton? I mean, religiously, is it God? I don't know, but who gets to be the one and only all superpower who says that one way of doing something is should, should be how everyone else do, does it? Right. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it it is fascinating. Motherhood is a really fun way to see who gets triggered by you. Um, I remember one of my closest friends who had a terrible, terrible time with her son. Oh, daughter. uh, When she came over, when I first had Jackson, she was like, are you for real? Are you bullshitting all of us? Like you make motherhood seem so easy on social media. And I was like, I'm also an annoyingly energetic, don't need much sleep person. So my tolerance for sleep is different than like your tolerance where this individual needed 12 hours of sleep to be a functional human being. And so we are, I love what you said, like who holds the baton of shoulds in this world because there is no, no baton. And I wish there was also a magic wand that said we should all not be triggered and I could wave it and everyone would, all the triggers would disappear. But I do think that triggers are healthy and I think they are a really good moment and reflection point for your own life. Yeah, they're an opportunity for self-development. I was just editing some writing of a, a shared client of ours. She's doing some press. And there was a line in her interview that I was reviewing that said something about entrepreneurship being the biggest self-development project she's ever been on. For I sure. think entrepreneurship and motherhood, whatever category you fall in with you're listening to, could not agree more. And triggers and exploring triggers and why we're triggered if can be an opportunity in that same vein. So so step one is is to name it, right? And as you can hear, Emily and I are are very pro then exploring what's at the root cause of that trigger. But Emily, 
let's say I block said person on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Is that the solution? What what happens if, are they going to show up in other places other than Instagram? What if all of a sudden I'm in an event and they're there? What are some other things that you can do to navigate those triggers? Lex, how can people find out how to work with us? Super simple. Go to readysetcoachprogram.com. Link in show notes. <laughs> well... Mm, this is a good question. I think one of the things that is coming to my mind and maybe, again, I have a very unique personality of, I think a, we were talking about this the other day, Lex, too. I was like, who's, in, who's someone that triggers you or who's an enemy or whatnot? And I feel like I'm very passionate about taking that person and getting to know them. So my strategy probably would be like, I shouldn't invite this person for coffee and like get to know them a little bit more and understand where they're coming from. So my strategy would be like creating a connection point or connection moment versus blocking them. That being said, that might be hard for you to a person to do. Um, And then I think the other thing I would do too, is I, I love amplifying other women and I love being able to use my platform for good where I'm like, okay, sure. I can't dance and look cute on Instagram and read but you know what I can do is I have a really, really engaged audience and I can celebrate her most recent reel that I agree with. And I can be a moment, I can take that trigger and I can, I can share, I can release it by sharing it, which is weird. I know it sounds, I probably need it's to It's the ultimate to high road. No, I, think, I think it's like a North star. And I think you're a perfect example of what the high road looks like. I'll say if you aren't as wonderful as a human as Emily, <laughs> okay, if you're me, <laughs> practicing, practicing empathy. She has her voodoo doll in the back. I feel it, guys. Um, I think empathy is, a, uh, this is something a, a therapist um, told me once is that empathy is a skill that can be practiced or is a, Empathy is a skill that can be learned and practiced. So when I am getting triggered, um, I'm not someone who, I mean, back in my adolescence, I might've blocked that felt more rash. Now I try to achieve, look at things from an empathetic standpoint and realize how many times in my life has someone looked at me and assumed they knew everything. Um, assumed I had, yeah. And I try to give them that same benefit of a doubt. I don't know what's going on in their life. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Just like they don't know my whole story. That's been a helpful, helpful perspective for me. And also being cognizant of my triggers and and putting them around boundaries. So here's what I mean. Said individual joined a community that I was in. And um, it, there wasn't a situation where even if I was in an adolescent flexing could blocker that I could anymore. So I had to put a boundary around myself to not go down the scroll rabbit hole of her, her profile, so to say, in this community. So I had to put a boundary on myself to not put myself in a known position where I could be triggered. Now, if I were sitting in a room with her and I can't, like I literally can't, I'd say that's when Emily's, uh, if you don't, if you can't find empathy out of, like if you don't have it to begin with, can you look for it? And I think a conversation to your point, getting to know them is how you can learn and create that empathy for them. The other night I went to a a gathering of, I went to Denison in Ohio and it was a gathering of the president of, uh, the president of Denison flew to Denver 
And it was basically like high level sharing what was happening on campus. And one of the things that he said that I so appreciated, he's like, my favorite thing about Denison is forcing people that are not the same to be in, be roommates with one another like a privileged liberal from the Northeast with someone who grew up in the South side of Chicago slash like someone who is in Midwest Ohio, who's a Trump supporter, all put in the same room and feeling like they have all these differences, but realizing that they're more common than they think by giving them the chance to connect. Mm. So I, 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 I admired that, that idea and that I, the way that he approached it versus being like, nope, we're going to keep everyone in their own buckets and everyone's going to stay away. Everyone who has this belief and everyone who has this belief. But the reality is life isn't like that. You can't just stay in your buckets. You can't stay in your lanes. You're going to have to, you're going to come across conflict, conflict and obstacles and people that you don't like, or people that you just don't necessarily see eye to eye with. So it's a really good practice to have those conversations and be in rooms with people that you don't necessarily agree with. I think, too, a secret weapon is to have a trigger buddy. So Emily's mentioned, (laughs) like, point blank. It's kind of like it's not healthy to keep things bottled up 100% of the time. And so is there someone in your life, a friend, a confidant, someone that healthily can know about your trigger and be there as kind of an accountability buddy of sorts to help pull you out of it? This is what you literally have been for me, Em. I've, I've texted you and I've been like, yeah. I'm spiraling, I'm spiraling. And you've been kind of my <laughs> accountability buddy when I've needed it in that category. So that might be another trick to try too. Yeah. And um, lastly too, it's at the end of the day, finding a therapist to just talk through these things. There might be something that's more rooted from like your days of auditioning for a part or people people feeling chosen or needed or wanted. I have a very disgusting need to be needed. And when someone doesn't want my advice or when someone doesn't need me, it really feels like a personal rejection when for them, their love language might be like not inconveniencing another person and they mm-hmm. see it as an inconvenience. So a lot of times too, it, it does come down to conversation or like, like understanding how that person operates. That's a little bigger on, you know, not just Instagram and the digital world, but do thinking about like how we receive things. Like if I get unsolicited advice on LinkedIn, it pisses me off so much. I got a voice note the other day from someone being like, you know what, Emily, your LinkedIn strategy, you have so much opportunity on your LinkedIn strategy and we should schedule a call. And I was like it took everything in my body not to just be like, F you, <laughs> I'm doing fine. Thank you. And pause. And I love, I'm going to take Lexi's favorite mantra, get neutral and respond and take an inventory of my LinkedIn and be like, you know what? F it. Like, let's get on a call. Let's talk about LinkedIn strategy. Well, why? Okay, Emily, why do you think that triggered you so much? I think it triggered me so much because when I looked at my, when I think about the output that I put into Instagram or LinkedIn, I'm like, I think I'm doing a pretty decent job. I feel like my engagement's pretty, pretty great. I think this, this, this. So my perception of myself is like, I'm doing everything that I could be doing. So I got triggered when someone was like, you could be doing more and you could be doing better. And she's not wrong. I could be doing more and I could be doing better. And maybe I could have more strategy or like thoughtfulness into it. So I think I was triggered by being called out on something that I do not know anything about. Yep. It highlighted an own personal insecurity. I will say too, if it's 
accountability trigger buddy or a therapist, also coaches, life coaches. There's tons of coaches out there. This is a coaching podcast. It might be an area if you really have deep, deep triggers in a certain category, there might be a coach that can help you help you through it. But regardless, get outside of the silo of your own mind, right? And invite, allow someone else to help you explore that. Very low barrier to entry. Also start with podcasts or books. There's a ton of resources out in this world that can help you work through it. And it is so normal to get triggered. It is literally part of the human experience. Mm -hmm. And then lastly, I think I will add in terms of triggering, you know, I, I sometimes think of myself like a horse with the blinders on, you know, like we're where your person who you know is going to pop up, like maybe I just take a different route so I don't get triggered by that, or I don't look at their Instagram, or I don't search it out, or I mute them, um, or you know, like you just figure out how to operate in a place where you're not going to get that cortisol raising <laughs> trigger. Yep, yep. The the horse with blinders. That's great, and having those those boundaries set in place. So here's your homework, you guys. Um, first and foremost. We want you to, it's more of an active practice, practice naming it. When you start to see that spiral happening, pause and and call yourself out. And from there, ask the question, why? Why am I spiraling? Why is this upsetting me so much? Really lean into that why, and you're going to start to discover like at the root of that trigger, what what the opportunity is to to work on. Mm. Great, great homework. And with that, we will see you the next time on the Ready, Set, Coach podcast. We need a real jingle. Okay, bye. Bye, (laughs) If you're enjoying the Ready, Set, Coach podcast, please leave a review wherever you are listening. For more information about Ready, Set, Coach, visit readysetcoachprogram.com.